snow. All this dope I stepped on. Real, get the rest gone. Then that nigga, what else you want? Power, power, respect. Hello, what is up everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you are now watching or listening to the Powercast. We are finally back. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been a nice, it's been a cool little summer here. You know, we had a nice little break and everything, but power is finally back on TV and power force is 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 back, you know, this this the second season of force. Um, of course, we had a lot of uh, mixed reactions about the, the, the first season. Uh, probably not mixed reactions. I think we kind of all agreed that, you know, it wasn't that great. But they are back and um, they are making a very good effort. So we are here to cover that. Uh, we are going to be talking about Power, uh, for Power Book. Is it Book 4 or Book 5? Book, book 5, right? Yeah, Book 5. Four? Four, really? Okay. We are, we are, we are in the fourth one. Five got cancelled. That was influence. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I'm getting confused. <laughs> okay, yeah, so Power Book Four Force. Uh, this is season two, episode one, and the name of the episode is Tommy's Back. And uh, guess who's back as well? Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Rich? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? And glad to be back talking about power, although y'all already know I'm not a huge fan of Force, so uh, we're going to see how this review goes today. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. And we are also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing, Dana? I am doing wonderful. I am excited to talk about Force because, you know, it's not yesterday's season. That's a that's a plus, and we love Joseph Sakura no matter what. Oh yeah, definitely. Like you know, lo- lo- last year I don't think the issue was the the talent at all. Like the actors were all mm-hmm. great. It was just you know the, the narrative, the direction, and and you know. But yeah, so Power is back on TV. Very exciting times. You know, we love Power. We're here to review the show and talk about it. Uh, we're going to get into our individual takeaways in just a sec. But, you know, friendly reminder to the people, if you do enjoy listening to this content, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, check out all, 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 what other stuff we've got going on, you know, on the channel. And uh, leave a comment too. Let us know your thoughts on, on the episode. And um, this season, we do want to kind of offer more more stuff, more coverage you know, uh, our power and other shows. So any support you give us will help. It goes a long way because, uh, you know, we do want to expand our coverage and do lots of other fun and cool things. So please do uh, go ahead and support the videos when you see them. Um, but yeah, let's get right into, you know, the takeaways. And uh, later on in the show, we will be doing our discussion segment where we have more of a back and forth dialogue. But um, for now, I'm going to set it off and go first and give you my takeaways for this episode. And I have my notes right here. So, uh, so yeah, like, I, what I liked in this episode um, is, you know, you got, you got nice kind of um, 
reintroduction to to the characters and everything and one of those dynamics includes Tommy and Diamond and how they work together and you know bounce off of each other kind of thing like because with Tommy I feel like I feel like uh, he is better when he is in a duo like when he has somebody else a partner that he kind of bounces off of because we know Tommy is a hothead you know he'll he'll be the guy that will get angry and just want to go kill someone as we saw at the end of this episode you know um so i feel like he needs someone to balance that out and you know ghost was the perfect person to do it um and it was very entertaining to watch with ghost because you know sometimes ghost would actually take advantage of um you know Tommy's red, red, red hot blood, basically, like, and kind of use, use that to his advantage. Um, but this time around, you know, I don't think, I don't think um, Diamond is, you know, he's not, he's not a, sh- a strategist like Ghost was. Um, he's very much a more, you know, chill, more kind of relaxed kind of guy, and he's, he's got his own problems going on with the the new parole officer and everything. So. Um, I feel like it's going to be an interesting dynamic to watch, you know, because Tommy, he's already said he wants the map. Um, we know that he's very violent and he's ready to, you know, shoot, shoot up the spot at any moment. Um, so I think seeing the dynamic between Tommy and Diamond is going to be very entertaining uh, this time around just because of the circumstances that they're in, you know, with the CBI and then you have the whole Janard uh, separation as well um so yeah i can't wait to see that and i think that you know because diamond has this parole officer and this this po is going to be like very strict i think um i think there's going to be some some interesting or entertaining moments where we see tommy kind of um you know getting in the way of that like he might jeopardize Uh, he might jeopardize Diamond's standing with the parole officer and he could even be at risk of getting locked up again you know so I think um, having that responsibility is is a good is a good thing to watch play out uh, between these two so yeah that's one thing I I really liked uh, because you know I'm kind of looking at this as a reboot as well in a way because to me, it, it felt like they really wanted to kind of reintroduce everything to us and say, yeah, the, these are the same characters that you already know, but, you know, now they have this, this and this going on, you know. So um, I'm, I'm all the way invested in seeing how their partnership is going to play out um, in this, you know. And, and, of course, we know Tommy is... You know he's stuck on revenge because he he wants to avenge Liliana too. So that could very much cause some problems, especially with the Flynn family. Um, and we already kind of saw that starting to happen a little bit. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, and then you know, secondly, we see that Tommy he he's already picked up a a, a love interest now. You know, in Maria. And that is a very, <laughs> a very um, dangerous situation to explore because she happens to be the sister of the new plug character, Miguel, 
you know um so that dynamic is 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 very interesting to watch um and so so there's two points here firstly i want to say that um the miguel character i feel like he he's he's a very interesting addition um number one just because it adds like a new kind of you know um we now we get to see you know some the hispanic side of of chicago and stuff so i, I like that whole dynamic and you know he also seems very um he seems very uh what's the word what's the word like he's he's not a very trusting person i guess you know and he's already suspicious of tommy um so and then you know also he has like what i liked is that they showed his power in the fact that you know he has this presence and he he has all these people around him who follow his lead so he's a very dangerous guy because he has that loyalty right so they showed his power but they also showed his weakness and and the fact that he has diabetes so i i like that addition because you know sometimes we like as a as a sick person myself we don't always like see that representation of people who have these problems you know so i like that they kind of had that addition and you know it's it's such a strong character but he has this weakness that he lives with and his sister actually helps him with that so that was a cool dynamic to see but then you've also got the fact that tommy is now you know interested in his sister so and we see he was he was kind of pursuing her a lot in this episode. Um, so that's no doubt going to cause some issues and some conflicts. Um, and yeah, so I, I want to see how all of that plays out. And there's also the fact that both Janard and uh, CBI are kind of, you know, uh, associated with Miguel. So there could be some issues there too, some, some conflicts of interest. So, so yeah, um, interesting setup there, I think. Um, and what else did I want to say? So the Flynn family. Now, I, I was, I was always a bit weary of, of them as characters. You know, in the first season, like they, I think the most interesting one is Claudia by far, right? Um, and this whole like like her Vic, I, I just don't see his potential as a character. Like, I don't know where they're going to take his character this season because he's he's always, like, nothing's changed about him. He's just this passive guy who's brooding over the death of his girlfriend, his girlfriend who wasn't even loyal to him anyway, you know? <laughs> so I, I don't know, like, where are they going to take him? Are they going to give him, like, um, a kind of arc like a story arc where he kind of rises above it and he becomes this like mean guy who you know kind of takes over and everything and maybe even you know kills his father or or opposes his father or you know leaves the family and and goes out on his own like i just want to know where they're going to take his character because it, it is getting a bit boring to see the same routine from him um you know first he's he agrees to you know, deal with his sister and everything, go 50-50, and then by the end of the episode, he's upset and wanting to leave. It's like, it's the same routine over and over with him. So that could get very tiring, I feel like. Um, Walt is a very unhinged and unpredictable character. So 
I think he does offer some entertainment, you know, just seeing him um, self-destruct on screen, basically, because he makes, like, some really poor decisions, and he's also a hothead. Um, Claudia is definitely by far the most interesting of, of the family, and I, I think that she has a, a thirst for power, and um, it's going to be interesting seeing that, because... I think what's in her future is taking over the family. Um, I feel like she she's going to be the one to really per persist until she is at the head of the household. And whether that involves her father dying or not will, will be the interesting part. So, um, yeah, the Flynn family, um, overall, I would say they need to do something like very big with them this season for them to feel like a, a um a, like a needed part of the show because right now like i could i could just i could have the show without them like like everything with tommy and cbi and jp and dmac and kate like all of that stuff is interesting enough without the flynn family so it's like why are they here you know it's like do something meaningful with them like that's that's my stance because right now it just seems like you know Claudia is the only strong one, like that's got a, a good connection to the story because we know Tommy, um, he wants to avenge Liliana and we know Claudia is the one that took her out. So I think that is interesting, you know, um, but besides that, it's like, okay, show us why we should care more about them because they do take up a lot of screen time. So I hope they, they take that story somewhere. Um, there is a theory that could be interesting with the Flynn family, but I'll get into that later. Um, but but yeah, those, those are my takeaways. Um, just to end it off, I'll say that, um, you know, this, this episode was a big step up from what we had last season. So I am excited to see more. You know, I am excited to see where they take it. It seems much better structured now. Like there's actually a structure. It feels like they have a plan for the characters um and it seems like they're planting a lot of seeds and you know plot points for the future so it is much better already so yeah i mean is it as good as ghost so far no it's not like season three ghost um it wasn't the best season of ghost but it was entertaining from from the first episode you know this one was it was cool but like, you know, it's it's not there yet. We need to see a lot more, I think, to really um, you know, to really say, yeah, this is this is much better. This is this is it right here, you know. So that's my uh takeaways for episode one. Um hopefully I didn't run too long there, but I'm gonna go to uh, Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. next and get his takeaways. So can't wait to hear what you got to say, Rich. Hit us with it when you're ready. First and foremost, uh, excellent takeaways, as always, Gary. Um, I have to agree that I, I definitely enjoyed this this start to the season. So I want to give a shout out to Gary Lennon, because not only is he the showrunner, but he also wrote this episode. So, yeah, it, like you said, it does feel like it's a reboot. So I am intrigued. But of course, let's see where things go from here. So I have three quick takeaways I'm going to get into. The first one I'm, I'm going to touch upon is the Flynn's uh, 
pretty much, I'm glad that they emphasize that there are consequences for all the things that Walter did last season. The fact that he got Dublin involved in all this business with Tommy Egan and the fact that now he has a price to pay. Now, we did see that in this episode, he had a conversation and they they gave him a price for, for, for his freedom. And obviously, Walter doesn't have the money. He doesn't have the funds to cover this cost. But he still believes that he is able to do this because, as you said, Gary, he is very reckless and unpredictable. So I'm very curious to see how he is going to handle this situation. The, they, he, he does have a deadline where he has to pay them by the end of the month. So there's a lot that can happen in power because we already know a lot of stuff happens fast in power anyway. So I look forward to seeing what, what, what happens with that. He he does uh, finally catch up with Claudia and Vic, and he does tell her that he wants to make sure that they kill Tommy because Tommy, for some reason, Tommy still doesn't know who killed uh, Luciana. All right. So they basically tell, he does tell Claudia, well, we need to kill him before he finds out. So, the one thing that I will say is that, again, Claudia is just as unpredictable and dangerous as her father because she decides to kill the chemist in this episode because our very good friend, Miss Dana Abercrombie, she is the one that leaked the Dahlia formula online. Now, that's a very interesting storyline because I, I have some theories about who I think on the show actually did that, but uh, maybe we'll get into that a little bit later, but... I'm very curious to find out who started this because clearly we know that Jannard did approach Claudia in this episode with a business proposition. She turned him down. Um, I just want to see what happens with that, but I will say, and as you said, Gary, with, with the whole, all the stuff with Vic, the character was very weak last season. Obviously he went, he lost the love of his life, but it feels like he needs to rebound somehow this season. So I want to see where his storyline goes. He knows that both his sister and his and his father can't be trusted because you saw that him and Claudia had a conversation in this episode that they were going to work together. And then she decides to kill the chemist. And she, again, she's acting on her own impulse. So I want to see where they're going with all of this. I don't particularly care about the Vic character, but I believe that he's still around because they want to try to give him some redemption arc. So we need to see where that's going. So stay tuned for that. The second takeaway is about uh, Gary's favorite character so far this season, Jannard. Okay. This episode, Jannard looked very desperate because apparently he's low on product and he owes uh, Miguel some money to for, for, for the re-up. So obviously the, the one thing that he did do is he did convince Chewie to join him after Chewie already emphasized that he, you know, he he agreed to work with Tommy and Diamond, but then he approached Chewie and gave him a better offer. So he did succeed in getting Chewie over to his side temporarily, because as you said, Tommy took care of him at the end of this episode. But Jannard is in a situation where he, yes, he does owe Miguel. Uh so he now at the end of this episode. Well, towards the, towards the end of this episode, we're introduced to a new character called uh, Shanti. This is, I guess, Jannar's love interest for this season. She is a boxer. Um, I'm very curious to see where they're going with that storyline. She does give him, try to give him money at the end of the episode. 
and he says, no, I'm good. I'm all set. I just want you, you know, the little corny lines that you're going to tell somebody that you, uh, I guess you have a really strong passion for. So yes, he has a love interest now with this character. I want to see where that's going because obviously this is somebody he cares about. He doesn't want her getting involved too deep into this stuff, but she already, she also was selling product too and gave him money. So she is already involved, but we know because of how dangerous things are with Jannard, people are going to definitely get hurt. And I want to see where that goes. I also want to see if we're going to see the return of Cousin Buddy, because he was not in the finale. And obviously, he also had a conversation with Jannard last season where they were going to work together. So I want to see where they're going with that. And also, Murkovich is going to be an issue now, because Jannard promised territory to him that now Tommy and Diamond have have. And of course, they're going after Jannard hard, saying, yes, you're going to give us what I asked for, or there's going to be a lot more trouble. So I want to see where they're going with that. I personally thought that uh, Murkovich should have got killed last season, but for some reason they decided this character must survive going into season two. So let's see what happens. And finally, the final takeaway of this episode, uh, it goes back to a conversation we had right before we started recording. Talking about Tommy. This is the Tommy Egan I want to see on this show. The one that is this, you know, he 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 just he doesn't care. He takes charge and does whatever he wants to do. And the fact that they're connecting this storyline with Diamond, because Diamond is a character that obviously right now this season, two things I want to say real quick about Diamond. I'm very glad they got rid of that boring storyline with Adrian. I believe her name was Adrienne. That was the reporter he was in a relationship with last season. And you see she sends him a breakup text in this episode. I was glad to see that because I felt like that's a storyline that they added. They added a lot of additional storylines they didn't need for last season. So glad that that character is gone. Nowhere to be worried about, at least hopefully not for now. And of course, Seamus, which is the other parole officer that he bribed and was on the payroll. So I'm glad that both of those are out. But this new parole officer, this is a very interesting dynamic here because this guy is going to do, you know, the random drug tests, the screenings. He's going to make sure that Diamond is there. And he does tell Diamond in this episode, you are not to communicate with any fugitives. He's Diamond is working with Tommy. All right. Tommy does what he wants to do. He killed Chewie in this episode. He's talking to uh, Maria. I believe that's that that's uh, Miguel's sister's name. He's talking to her, even though he was warned not to do that. So this is why I want to say I want to see where all this is going, because clearly Tommy is going to create problems for everybody. At the same time, you have the DEA task force, which we were introduced to last season. They finally know who Tommy is. They identified this is Tommy Egan and they are going to send a task force after this guy. So there's a lot of pressure on Tommy. He doesn't see it coming yet. Um, and of course, he still has the sole intention and purpose of he wants to get all of Chicago. So like I said, I think it's a good start to the season so far. Um, two last things I will mention that we want to be mindful of and watch. There was a scene in this episode where Tommy is having a conversation with Kate. He tries to give Kate some drugs and she she denies it and says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm off that. I'm trying to stay clean. Obviously, Kate is trying to build a relationship with D-Mac um, as well as JP. So I understand why she doesn't want to show them that side of her. 
but I, I want to see if she spirals in this season, if something happens with her in regards to that. So watch out for that. And the other thing I will mention is uh, we know we, we do know that when Miguel talks, he has his conversation with Diamond. He does tell Diamond that obviously he, he has some beef with the Serbs. The Serbs and Miguel, those are the two power players right now. And when you saw that Tommy, when he had a conversation with Diamond, and Tommy says, no, why are we working with middlemen? We should be the distributor. But that would mean killing Miguel as well as the Serbs. So this is why I say Tommy is going to bump heads with Diamond a lot this season, and I can't wait to see what happens as a result of that. But, yes, so far, I think it was a very good start to the season. I have faith that Gary Lennon is going to do a good job, but uh, let's see what happens in the next episodes from here on out. Oh, yeah, excellent observations there, as always, from uh, Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. And, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, it's, it's good that they've done away with some of those, like, useless uh, plot points from, from last season and kind of kept it moving. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good choice. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll speak on uh, some more of what you said in a little bit because I do have some, some other stuff to say on that. But... Uh, let's go to Dana first. So, Dana, hit us with your takeaways. Y'all done stole all my takeaways. Every single one of y'all. I have nothing to say. Um, I will start off with saying this, that um, we do know that the... Sorry. We do know the showrunner was replaced for season two. Um the other one was, was delivered. He was given his future endeavors. I uh, wish you well on those future endeavors. You see a massive difference right away with this season compared to the last season. Um, with that being with, this is a lot more open. You get to see actual locations. We're traveling. We're on the street. Everything used to be very closed in in the previous uh, season in terms of, you know, in buildings, inside of things. Now we get to explore more of the Chicago. We're on the streets with them. We're seeing the basketball. We're seeing the trains roll by. We're seeing, you know, people on the street. And I really like that approach. I feel like, you know, Chicago is a city that deserves to be explored just as much as they explored uh, Chicago. Just as much as we're seeing with Queens when it comes to raising Canaan and parts of Manhattan and, you know, the financial district when it came to Gulf. So, with this one, I'm not aware of the, the, the layout of Chicago, but just in general, it's nice to see some streets and it's nice to see some people, you know, that we're traveling to them. Remember before in the previous um, season, we were showing like, these are the Jamaicans and this is this spot and these are these groups over here. Now there's a face to a map and I really appreciate that because you can't Say you, I'm going to take over the, the, you know, all of Chicago. I'm going to be king of Chicago without seeing who it is that you're taking over, without going to their territory. And it's not just, you know, a warehouse. You know, kind of makes you think of all warehouses in Chicago, just some kind of drug den. It's not. They're, they're everywhere in terms of, like, just people and places and diversity, and I love it. So one that was one of the things that really stuck out to me um, right away. I do have a counterpoint. Sorry, I didn't drop my notes on. I'm a mess today. Um, but uh, sorry, I have a counterpoint when it comes to, I'm a mess, honey. When it comes to what Gary said, 
previously in terms of um, the parole officer part. I think that, and this is to go back to the term of Tommy, this is the Tommy show, as we like to always call it and what it's referred to. It's given a name, but it's called the Tommy show. We, we didn't get much of a Tommy show in the previous season. And so with this, we're getting the Tommy show. And I think one of the ways to do that is to make this more Tommy focused. And in order to do that, I think some of the characters don't necessarily have to disappear, but they have to have other tasks that they're doing. And so by introducing this new parole officer, who is very strict, we see that Diamond is not able to always be with Tommy. And therefore, Tommy has to start doing things. Hence, it's going to be the Tommy show. So you see how that works? It's given, it's like, oh, it's convenient. But this is convenience with a purpose. Something that I think was missing a lot of the times, just in general writing and TV shows, we're not, we're not given purpose behind our convenience. And we have this parole officer who is, is going to be like a really hard person who's showing up, you know, in your house. He said, I'm going to show up at your job. You got to pee every 10 seconds. And I think he's going to be a real threat to him. And also, it causes Diamond to really think, do I really want to, oh, do I really want to partake in this, you know, certain task at hand may be too dangerous for him to do. And therefore, we have the, the introduction of other characters that we can bring in, not necessarily to replace him, but, you know, that could just, we're seeing more of Chicago, more involvement with Chicago. So I really think that this is one of the big things in order to get Tommy back into the main focus is to have other people do what they say, what they have to do. Another thing that I really love is the filming of this episode. We have the two brothers at war. Um, right away with their introduction, what I kind of love, I know it can be like a trope sometimes, but it's like they're feuding with each other and they have both have these speeches and it's overlaid with the like, we don't trust that brother no more. And I don't trust my brother no more. You know, see, I like how they did that. And it, it, it's a way of establishing that, you know, there's an issue between the two, but we're still kind of thinking alike. And you have to understand, you know, they're brothers. There's going to be overlapping because not to say everything is going to be thought of the same, but you kind of know each other's movements and patterns because you've lived with them for however long, you know, since you're in the womb. Well, not in the womb. Sorry, that would be twins. But you get the point what I'm saying. You live with that person. You're going to start to notice their patterns and their thought process. So it's really interesting to see them separate for this season. We don't know if they'll have to come back. I hope this does not become super friends again. But for this moment, to see how one can outthink the other one and without that support there, we saw that kind of towards the end of the first season. But to really lay it on in this one will be really interesting to see. Um, another thing that I wanted to say was I liked, kind of touched already with grandma, but I like seeing a different side of grandma and everybody who knows Mothers tend to be really sucky towards their children, but great with their grandkids. So it's interesting to see a different side of her this time. And the fact that she does want to be clean, hopefully it's for her family. She's doing this for herself as well. It's really interesting, the dynamic with Tommy, 
was like, here, take the drugs. And she's like, no. And I'm like, you're, you're, you're pressuring your, your mom to <laughs> be a drug, a drug addict again. So um, that's a really interesting thing. And it's really be interesting if it, if it happens, if it stays, you know, for a while of seeing her sober and how she responds to things now that she would be completely sober. So I like this. Uh, one of the things also with this is um, it's only been two days since Liliana's death. So I am the first one who is boo Victor. I don't like Victor, but I'm going to give him grace this episode because it's only been two days. So you can wallow. You cannot wash. You can be depressed. You can, you know, hang out in bars and be disgusting and miserable. But I'm going to need you to find out your purpose later on because I don't want this to be a whole season of moping. Even though I do understand grief is differently, but in terms of I want my actions because you're not going to really serve a purpose. Unless that is his purpose for this season. It's to not have a purpose and therefore we're going to have to see the sister um, take control of everything, which she already done did with the killation of the chemist who, you know, I thought was terrible, but at the same time was a long time coming. I think we were both, all three of us kind of in shock that she survived the first season. It was like, yay, a black person made it. But like, really, does why is she still making it at the same time? I'm confused. So they got rid of that. And with the new leakage that is coming out, it would be really interesting because it adds another mystery. I don't think we had that mystery element towards the previous or even the other power universes as well. I don't recall there being like a mystery of who did something or if they did, I, I, I just feel like this could be the driving theme for this show, this season right now is who won leaked Dahlia um, because there are so many enemies that we have but maybe it could be someone who worked with um either the chemist you know she texts someone i don't know i'm just you know making guesses out of my mouth but you know it could be the chemist it could be the chemist person who she texts it could be um anyone i don't know but that's kind of the beauty of not knowing uh, who did it. Unlike the whole Liliana situation, we all know, and we're just waiting for Tommy to catch up. Um, I like the, the fact that we don't know things with this. So that is really interesting. And then also on top of that, um, JP having his bar back, that's a very nice thing. I would look, see, and it also gives him something to do. So therefore, he can remain on the sidelines, and we can continue to focus on the Tommy show. So um, that and also Miguel, he seems to be amazing and crazy, and I like him. Um, the fact that he was torturing the guy, you know, kind of shows without telling. See, I, I like when we show things instead of telling, something that we kind of missed during the previous season, um, even though we, we have a lot of telling when it comes to this. Um, so we're showing how aggressive the brother is, we're showing how protective he can be of his sister. Also with the new cops, the DEA, we're taking fingerprints and it might be illegal. We don't know the tactics of what you're, you're, you're doing. It's sneaky, but like it's good sneaky because you're showing us as opposed to saying, you know, we're gonna go in and steal his fingerprints 
and then we're going to go and follow him in the car. We're showing us things. So overall, I like what we have. And I think I talked too much. Oh, yeah. Great, great uh, analysis of uh, mm -hmm. episode one. Um, yeah, very good observations from both of you, as, as always. Um, I always look forward to, to, to your takeaways. But you, you raised a very interesting uh, question there about Dahlia and who leaked it, you know. Um, so I, I do want to, you know, go into detail on that, you know. So before we get to that discussion, friendly reminder to everyone listening, if you are enjoying the content, please do hit the like button. Um, leave your comments and subscribe to the channel. And um, yeah, so I won't delay too much. Let's get right into that discussion because uh, did, did you have something else you wanted to say first? Dana? Oh, no, I was just wiping my Okay, my bad. Yeah, so, so the whole Dahlia leak thing, um, it does raise an interesting question because, um, you know, like you said, show show versus tell. Um, they chose not to show who who leaks it. You know, they didn't show the act of somebody leaking it. So it kind of feels like that was done for a reason. But if you if you do kind of watch it the way it's paced, you can assume that it Tommy arranged for that to happen because. Um, because, you know, well, after he found out that uh, Claudia was still selling it, you know, I think it was Diamond that told him, you know, that that, that Claudia is selling Dahlia again, you know, and it kind of jumps to, you know, um, the leak happening and stuff. So it, you could assume that maybe, you know, behind the scenes, Tommy uh, pulled a few strings. Maybe he got JP to leak it because, remember, JP um was actually cooking it he learned from the chemist or whatever so it, it does look that way but but it could be something else like somebody else could have leaked it so th this opens up a lot of speculation about who could have leaked it so i wanted to see if you uh two had any theories on that because because i do have another theory on who who could have possibly you know arranged for this to be done but um, let me see what Rich has to say first, because I know Rich sort of mentioned it earlier in his takeaways. Yeah, so the funny thing about that, Gary, is you, you actually took the answer that I was thinking, because I was thinking J JP was involved. Because one thing that I, I will say about this episode, yeah, you do see that Tommy ends up buying him the bar. And he and you know he's and he's he's like hey what can I do to pay you back and he says no I your son got shot so don't worry about that you don't owe me your family right because JP did say prior to that is that you know Tommy I could be very I could be very resourceful and help you out with whatever you need we do know that Tommy is obviously very distraught about Liliana getting killed and he has the conversation with JP at the beginning of this episode saying that, yeah, he knows he wants to get some payback. So it could be JP that decided to do this for the same reason that he did work with Liliana. He does know about all this stuff with making the product. So I could see that being a possibility. Um, but again, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I do like the theory that you both said that it could be a totally different person because that's how you introduce another person to this show that is a threat to both Tommy and uh, Claudia. So I, I like that idea as well. But uh, 
I'm curious to see how they're going to go into that. But yes, I do like that it is a bit of a mystery. And they basically told us this is what happened. But so now we have to figure out who actually did it. Because I knew when when the chemist got killed, you know, and Dana made the comment about, yeah, we yeah we were surprised that she survived at the end of last season. I'm like, oh, that's good. So they, but then that was corrected with the first episode. No, she ain't alive anymore. So I want to see what happens. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, I I I think JP is a strong candidate. Tommy obviously is involved, but uh, let's see what happened with that. Oh yeah, yeah. Good, good to know that we were kind of thinking alike there. With you know, if we like, because my initial thought was, oh, so it must have been JP. So, so I guess you know we were thinking the same way there. But, but Dana, how about you? Like, do you think? Um, do you have like any idea or theory about who might have leaked it since they didn't actually show it? I, Jesus, this I was stumped. Um, to tell you the truth, I was going with, as you guys said before, um, Black Tommy, JP. Um, but then I was like, I don't know. Um, uh, because at the same time, that was supposed to be their meal ticket. But then at the same time, you know, the, the girl screwed up so darn much. So it's like, no, that would make sense for it to be them. Um, secretly in my heart, wishes I wish it was the father but he can barely even turn on a computer. I, I don't think he knows how to leak anything unless he got that, you know, his, and he doesn't even know about at that time. He didn't know about Dahlia because it was, this is two days later after the events of what happened previously. So in my mind, I just wish it was him, but it's not. I would have to go with JP. It just, it just makes any, it just makes the most sense. Um, either JP and he got his newfound son because he's, you know, young and he can know about computers as well. So, you know, they linked it both together. Um, that's the only thing that would make the most logical sense. I don't even see Tommy doing it. So, mm. So I, I just want to make a comment since you brought it up. Um, one thing I do find interesting and I could see uh, coming down the road you do see that Tommy does offer DMAC a job because DMAC knows how to use social media to basically sell the product. And he tells him, you can do this job just so long as you stay here at the house. Okay. So I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious how when JP eventually finds out about this, how he's going to react because obviously you don't want DMAC to get involved in this stuff because he already got shot, you know, so I kind of see that as a conflict forthcoming in terms of them communicating, because I'm pretty sure he doesn't know that Tommy offered his son this opportunity. So I, I want to see where that goes. But no, continue. No, I was going to start. I was also going to say that I had issues with that social media aspect. Um, mm -hmm. Just the <laughs> fact that, yes, it's a new tool that can be made and, and, you know, things happen much faster and quicker when we saw that. But at the same time, kids are so dumb that they post everything online. Mm -hmm. And all you need is just that code breaker to literally find out everything. And we've seen this with modern things where they're posting stacks of money and all the jewelry, for example, that they stole and their cars that they stole. And they're, it's literally 
you know, here's all the evidence that says, and we're going to put this online. And so with this new DEA that we have, with this task force, I'm pretty sure they know how to Google. Yep. You know. And so that was just my main thing, which adds another complication, which is great. Adds another complication and also adds another layer, which we didn't get to see in the power universes because at that time, technology is not where it's at today. We didn't have Instagram. And, you know, let me go Snapchat Canaan for a minute as I go kill Paco and them. So that it's interesting to see how they use that when it comes to this season, but it frustrated my soul because kids are so dumb and we've seen that they like to brag and we've seen so many murders just in real life with, with rappers, you know, after mm-hmm. they post, here's my money, I'm eating a yep. chicken and waffles and then they're dead in chicken and waffles because they posted everything online. So I'm excited. I'm frustrated. But I, I really think that this could be a really great dynamic. And by inter, you know, um, by introducing what is it, DMAC, D money, D whatever, into this, this this also adds to another layer and another dynamic that can both be a positive and a negative. I'm just really concerned um, about this. Yeah, I, I, I do want to go deeper with that whole DMAC thing, but um, let me just end off uh, what, I was, what, what I was saying about um, the, the leak. So another theory that I had, right, is could this have been the last thing that Liliana did before she died? You know, she could have arranged for it to happen. It could be like the, her last act, you know, because that would be like a direct, um, you know, way like to get back at Claudia, you know, um, the fact because she oh, killed her, yeah. and but then before she died, she leaked Claudia or something like that. That's that, a, yeah, before she died, she checked the send yeah. button. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? I, 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 I have to say, Gary, that's a very good theory. I thought you was going to say this was uh, uh, Cooper Sachs's final way to get back at Tommy, <laughs> where he found out about the drug and he leaked it as well. But no, that that's that, I, I, I could see that. I could see that her having some type of contingency plan because because of what happened with that. Uh, that's possible. But but what here's the issue with that? Um, the contingency unless she literally smashed that button right away, her leaking that could have if everything yeah. went okay and she didn't get shot by her, that could have ruined everything for both of them. So literally, yeah. as she was dying, she had to have to hit that send button. There's because... various ways it, it could have, like, maybe she didn't actually physically do it herself, but, like, maybe, you know, maybe she was like, oh, maybe she had it set up with the chemist to do to do it, like, you know, if, if anything happens well, well, to but, me, but it, then it, the chemist would not... Unless you would say, that could work. If the chemist knew she was... She had... The chemist knew that the only way out was death, and therefore she was okay with that. Then that would have been the only thing. But she, to me, when we saw her in that scene, those two scenes, she was exhausted. And she genuinely just wanted to go home. Remember, she has a kid. She has an actual job that no one looked for her this entire time. So I'm just wondering, 
what the repercussions would be. And then also, I just think that as a mother, her being a mother, she would want to go and, and be able to see her kid again. To know that you will never see your kid again would be really like devastating. So that's just why I just don't feel that she was the one who did it. Yeah. From my understanding, she had a kid. Yeah. I mean, maybe it wasn't Liliana. Maybe, you know, we could be even looking at this too deep and maybe it's just, you know, uh, going to be Tommy and JP. But, but you know, just, just some speculation because they did kind of, uh, you know, make it make it to where it's a mystery. But, um, but yeah, let's let's uh, go back to the DMAC thing, right? So that's that's one of the things I thought was very interesting about this episode too, uh, the whole DMAC dynamic and the fact that both uh, Kate and Tommy are like really kind of making an effort with, with DMAC to, you know, make him feel part of the family and stuff. So like the question I have is, you know, we, we know Tommy's history with Ghost and, and Tasha and Tariq. So, you know, we know that to Tariq, he was like an uncle figure. So, like, what do you think he has learned from, you know, what happened with Tariq? And, you know, what things could he possibly use to guide DMAC in a better direction? Because, you know, we know that in Tariq's case, you know, he, he was kind of corrupted by Canaan. And, you know, once he was corrupted, once he learned the truth about his father, Tariq kind of couldn't, he couldn't stay out of the streets. Like it was, it was inevitable that he was going to live that life. But now Tommy has a chance to try and, you know, do something better with DMAC and kind of lead him in a better direction. But, you know, in this episode, he's already kind of enabling him a little bit by, by having him do the, the, the social media. So, what like what lessons do you think Tommy could could you utilize from Tariq's story to kind of you know make a better path for DMAC? And do you think that he is actually gonna make that connection in his head and, and be like, oh, th this happened with Tariq, so I'm gonna try and prevent it with DMAC? Like, so Dana, what do you think about that? I think that when you introduce children to something that you know that they want to do and it's not something that could be solely positive, it's going to work out negative and it's gonna fuel that beast. And because of his age and thinking that I know everything, it's going to cause him to act kind of out of control and sometimes you're not able to tame that We've seen that when it came to Canaan, when it, raising Canaan, we, you know, when he had that, you know, little bloodthirst and, and then his mother taught him how to shoot and the practice and what we saw how that developed later on. We saw that with Tariq, how easy now it is for him to shoot and do things. I think unless you're not born that way, for example, going back to Brady, then that would be a much easier thing to stay away from. I think by incorporating the nephew into this business even more, it's going to backfire on him. He has that little killation streak um, that I think may be hard to rein in 
in terms of lessons, Tariq, I don't know. Each kid is different, and I really hope that they're not doing a copycat version of just another young Tariq. Uh, you look at the differences. Tariq was given everything, but he still was like a whiny, complainy kid who wanted to do things his way. With this one, I don't uh, – it's really hard because we don't know so much the full personality of the nephew right away. I would say that maybe if he was there, more of a guidance, we don't have Kanan or Kanan-like character speaking into his ear to turn him against his family right now. So I think that it could be saved and that he can just be more of a, a trained, a better trained version of Tommy, maybe. But it's still really early. I don't know what the lessons would be that he learned, except for you have to be really hands-on. You can't really leave kids to their own devices. Because then again, kids will start thinking things, and they think they know everything, and they end up screwing it up even more. So I hope that it's more of a hands-on approach with him, especially regarding the social media. Because all you have to do is post that one post and even if you may delete it a second later, we all know that the internet lives forever. We've seen it. And we've seen it bring down people. And, and this, with the fact that the DEA, you're creating an organization. And what is that word that we've all learned these past few weeks? Rico. So we don't know what new cases can be flying. My bad, I was muted. But yeah, uh, great points. You know, um, it, he's DMAC is definitely at risk of going down a dark path, especially with the whole online thing, you know, because uh, police, you know, the police have like entire divisions where they just, they're just reading online stuff, you know, to, to figure out crimes and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, like that's a dangerous path um, to set him on. So, but um, Rich, what do you think? Like, you know, because we, 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 with, with the original Powell, we got to see the whole progression of Tariq's character and how, you know, he went from being an innocent young, young child to being this, uh, you know, street guru, if you will, like being taught by Kanan and learning about his father and Tommy and stuff. Um, and that's still very fresh in, in Tommy's mind, I feel like. Um, so do you think that he's going to kind of do anything different with DMAC, um, you know, in, in, in this case, what do you think? This is a very good question. Um, it is hard to think about. I feel because of the comment that Dana made about the social media stuff, I, I think there's going to be some type of family tragedy this season. I don't know if something happens to DMAC. Maybe something happens to JP, but it kind of feels like it could head in that direction. Because again, I think it's a very big deal that Tommy decided to let DMAC do this stuff. And yet JP doesn't know anything about what his son is doing. Because he did tell JP, hey, maybe when your son feels better, he can work with you and this could be a family business. So I kind of feel like 
And I don't know what happens in the next couple episodes. I don't know what happens in the rest of the season, but I kind of feel like that's going to be a conflict between uh, JP and Tommy, the fact that his son is still doing this stuff. And once he finds out, he will not be happy with Tommy. So we need to see what happens with that. But to answer your question, um, I kind of feel like Tommy is going to try and stare JP, I'm going to say uh, DMAC in a different direction. I don't really know how. What I do know is that obviously Tommy likes Maria, okay? She is not about that life, but we obviously know that at some point, because that is Tommy's love interest, he will win her over at some point. But the thing is that she is basically trying to instill positivity in somebody. And you saw how he was very vulnerable at the moment when he had to, when he had to rush to the hospital and get D-Max some help. And she just so happened to be there to help him, to help him out. So I, I kind of feel like because he see, he has got a chance, a little bit of a chance to know her, to see her, how she operates, how he tried to give her a ride. And, and then she said, no, I'm, she, I'm just going to take the bus. I kind of feel like that's going to have an influence on him as well to try and, you know, obviously Tommy is never going to get out this life. All right. He loves this stuff. He's too good for this stuff, but he, there are people around him that he cares about. And, the fa- and I do find it interesting how, when he spoke to JP, he said, no, you are valuable. You are important to me. That's why I want you to focus on this business. But yet D Mac is coming in saying, Hey, uncle Tommy, you should let me do this. Let me help you out with this. So he's probably going to have to struggle with this for the entire season. But that's why I say, um, I don't know exactly what type of things he's going to instill in him from what he, how he dealt with Tariq. He's still going to give him advice on certain things. But the one thing I will say is when he had that conversation with Tariq and the fact that this is Tariq's war stuff that he has to worry about, well, Tommy is involved in a war as well in case he doesn't know. And when family is now, can be in the crosshairs of that war, this is when it gets a lot more personal. This is why I definitely think there's going to be some type of tragedy this season. I just don't know which character it's going to be. Um, I mean, a, a an important character to the show. I'm not talking about the other secondary characters. Yes, yeah, some of those people will get killed, but I'm pretty sure something is going to happen. As long as people are not communicating with each other and they have their own agendas, something bad is definitely going to happen. But uh, we'll see what happens. But... um. That's a good question. I'll be very curious to know what the listeners have to say about that question because they may have some good answers to your question as well. But uh, go go ahead, Dana. Okay. Um, here's the thing that I was wondering that kind of you guys talked upon that made me really wonder. Is Tommy being too soft with his family? Because how he's running a business is not the same way as he is running his family. But when the family starts crossing into his business, he needs to treat them like a business. And therefore, I wonder, yes, he's concerned about D-Money and his brother is constantly saying, you know, I want to help. I want to help. I'm wondering if he is going to treat them too soft. And that's where mistakes can be made. Um. That could be his weakness for this season. In terms of the girl and Miguel, that's a whole nother dynamic that unfortunately for me is too repetitive to last season when he was with Gloria. 
you're trading, you know, one drug dealer for another one. And I just don't like that. And with her speeches of, I'm just trying to be a good girl, we already know that there's an innocent that always seems to die around, what is it, either five or episode nine or whatever. And she's just doing these long speeches where it's like, yeah, I'm going to be next to go. So we're going to build this little bond and then I'm going to die again. So I, I just don't like this. I don't like it at all. Um, I don't like the fact that, that he's even googly eyes with her. Um, no, if you really look at it, it's technically, again, only been two days since Liliana did that, you know, spiritual speech in the beginning, you know, avenge me. It's been two days. So, you know, literally telling us, not showing us, but whatever. I just wonder if family is going to get in the way of Tommy being Tommy. And this is, you know, it raises too many complications with the D money bag character, whatever his name is. I don't, I just don't like it. I, I, I agree. Uh, I just want to make one, one quick comment. I don't know if you were going to ask this question, Gary, but I'm very curious to see at what point in this season are they going to shift to the time when Tommy went back to New York? Because that's going to happen at some point. We don't they, need to see that. Well, we don't need to see that, but I, I kind of feel like that's going to happen because there's the crossover point in, in, in the show. Who says there's even a crossover episode? There's no reason to do that. Uh, it, it's, it, 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 I'm pretty sure it's going to happen because you, you don't have him show up on the other show. And then it's not like we don't ever see uh, Tariq and Brayden ever show up on Force. I, I kind of feel like there is going to be a what? crossover. Tommy had loose ends he had to deal with. That was seasons and years in the making. What exactly do these kids have to do with Tommy now? I feel that their growth for their show is to yeah. figure it out on their own. There is literally no reason for them to come to force at all. Whoa, you want to be no, the man no. that you claim to be? He gave them peace. In terms of that and what Tariq was going through, he gave yeah. them peace. So it's no well, reason for them to be like, Uncle Tommy. No, no, well, I, I'm I'm fine with that. But what I'm saying is we saw Tommy show up in that show. So I'm saying at some point in this season, I want to see if they're going to have an episode where he takes that trip. They don't need to show there's everything a, that happened. There's no reason kind of to. Like, like just basically showing what led up to it. Like Yeah, know, yeah, they, ha- they have to show that because it, w- it wouldn't make any kind of sense for him to just uh, all of a sudden come back. Yeah, I feel like they. I feel like they do have to. They have to connect those dots because now a lot, yeah. like a lot of people, are going to be wondering what you know led up to him coming back because that was such a big moment in Ghost episode eight or wherever it was when he came back and and they had that that showdown or whatever. That was such a huge moment. So it's like I feel like they have to you know kind of connect the dots and show show that. And I, Dana, I know that you want the shows to to. Um, stand on their own and and you know i completely understand that because they they totally could stand on their own but i feel like they are going to play that card to get people invested in the show because they know that the last the first season was was so received so poorly so i think they are going to have Tariq 
or somebody else show up at some point in this season just to keep the interest level high. That cheapens to show. This is not the Avengers. This cheapens to show in terms of, oh, only watch Tommy because it has the original characters, Tariq, in it. And I don't know, maybe um, Tasha pops in and be like, hey, I have some coffee. I just don't like that at all. I don't feel that there is any reason for him to be in this, for both these kids or anyone to be in this show. I think that if you want to sit and prove, hey, we apologize for season two, show us that. Don't say, here these characters that you're only going to get in this one scene and they're not going to be shown again. That's a crutch. That's, yeah. you know... It, it, it was, it's too much of a crutch. And well, no. a lot of things can't happen off camera. We don't have to know why Tommy went back to New York. Maybe it could have been like, oh, I was asleep and I had a dream that, you know, my life won't be complete unless I, you know, have this conversation with them. And then so in the middle of the night, I'm going to just go and do a drive by at the house. Not a literal bang bang drive by, but literally drive by that house and have that conversation with them. It just serves no purpose at all well, for him to come I, in. I, unless, well, no, no, I I agree that it wouldn't serve a purpose. The only reason why I say it's it's going to happen is for for some of the things Gary said, but also the fact that you now have this task force coming after Tommy. There's no way he's going to be able to stay in Chicago when you got all these people coming after you. So I do expect. At some point, it gets too hot. He has to get out of the city for a while. I can see that happening 100%. He can't go back to New York. He can't go back to New York. It's too hot, as they said. It's hot in there. It's too hot to go back to New York City. They already know that he's not dead anymore. So for him to come back to New York, he can't do that. And he has too many people who want to kill him back in New York. Him even going back there was dangerous as it was. He, He can't do it. I mean, he's already done it twice. So, but but like, okay, so here, let me let me let me let me go ahead and ask my question. Let me ask the question because it relates to this. So, the the next question was going to be like, so we do have this new task force, right? Um, and um, so so the way they explained it is they they in New York they don't know Tommy is alive yet. So like, you know, the no one knows. They still think he's dead in New York. But this task force knows that he's alive now. They've connected the dots and seen this is Tommy Egan. So at any time, they can blow that up. That information can get blown up in, in New York, and, and they find out that he's alive now. So I feel like this could create a lot of, you know, a, a reason to have characters, you know, from, from the main power come to this one. Um, because once they know he's alive, you know, that's going to, open up a can of worms so i wanted to ask you guys you know um what do you what do you think is gonna how how is this first of all how is the whole task force thing gonna play out this season do you think secondly what would happen if they found out that tommy was alive in new york because you know you still have uh what's her name blanca and everyone you know um investigating over there I know they, they wasn't successful in getting Tariq and everything. So there's gonna be they're gonna have more time on their hands to do to do certain things now because they their their uh you know case against Tariq failed. So what do you think would happen in that scenario? 
Um, so, Rich, what do you think about that? First and foremost, about the task force, I just want to say I appreciate that they're they're all business. We're not getting into their personal lives about who they're sleeping with and all that other stuff, at least not yet. Let's hope that remains remains what it is. But it kind of feels like they're a lot more take charge approach. So I I kind of feel like uh, because they got Tommy's fingerprints now, they definitely are going to try to really go after him. Uh, obviously, he does have a family. If they get access to the family in some way, that could be a problem also. So that's why I I I could I could foresee Tommy having to at some point leave Chicago, even if it's only for one episode, to try to get away. But the other thing that we have to put it put into this equation, all right? I do agree that I want to see the characters have their own shows, but we know that there are going to be cameos on these shows. We're going to definitely see Two Bit at some point reconnect with Tommy. Because 2-Bit is the one that got the information from Saks and gave that to Tommy. You have to see that to see how the pieces come together. They can avoid it if they want to, but I kind of feel like there's no way it's not going to happen because it is a connected universe. They, they made it clear this is a connected universe. So I'm expecting to see that at some point get addressed. Otherwise, it, it doesn't make sense in the context of what happened on the other show because Tommy's showing up. Because all of a sudden now he wants to go after uh, Tasha, uh, yeah, that was uh, that came from out of nowhere. So that's why I said uh, let's see how they handle it. But to answer the question, uh, the task force it, they can't treat this the same way they treated the, the task force. These teams on the other shows, you have to show them being getting some type of success in what they're doing. And the only way I could think that they could do that is maybe they end up arresting JP or DMAC. They take them into custody. I, I, something's going to happen where somebody that's connected to Tommy is going to feel they're going to pay the price because they are connected to Tommy. And that will be something he'll probably feel guilty about and have to try and resolve. But we have to see because, I, like I said, I have no idea what's going to happen. I haven't seen any other episodes, so I don't know what, what happens from here. But I, what I'm saying is that I would not be surprised if we do at some point see two bit show up because he has to find out about what happened, what's happening in New York city, but let's see how they handle that. They could avoid it obviously, but uh, I kind of think as a fan, when I've seen the last show now, I'm, I am waiting to see when that happens in the timeline on, on this show, because it just, it means it, it seems like they're, they're going to head in that direction, but we'll have to wait and see if that's what they actually do. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of viewers will be uh, going into this season expecting to see that at some point. So people will be disappointed if it doesn't happen. <laughs> um, but Dana, what would you think about the question? And, and, and you know, what, first of all, what do you think about this task force that, you know, we, we, we got um, introduced to in this episode? And secondly, do you think they're going to blow up the fact that Tommy is alive now, you know, to the New York the detectives and stuff. This is my hill, and I'm planting my flag in this hill. I do not want to see any of the, the, the book, what are we, number two, three, eight, nine, ten in this show. I want this to be the Tommy show. Maybe y'all can do that in season four. But I do not want this in this season. And I understand that the writers have written themselves into a hole. But, you know, things can conveniently disappear just as quickly as they appeared. I do not want it. But 
to answer your question in terms of the task force, I am not very well skilled in the policing forces of task, but I will say that you will need a lot of evidence in order to bring him down. Not only that, but you will need a lot of connecting factors. We do have the situation of New York City of which he escaped from, and he has an entire trail, um, as they say, you know, and they're, they're going to figure out what's going on. And because of just how polices are and how you police in general, you know, different police, uh, I don't know what you would call them, different forces have to talk to each other across state. So I can understand if say a Blanca comes in or any of the other characters come in to like share information. Even if we have a phone scene, I understand the importance of that. But I think right now with Tommy, there is going to be so many situations that they have set up in terms of there being a blood war and a feud that there's enough evidence for you just to stay in Chicago right now. We don't need to talk to with the people in New York City. I think that if we just focus on New York and the fact that we have multiple people coming from the Tommy character and everybody else coming for each other, this could create enough case or enough evidence or whatever you want to call it in connective tissue where the task force can just be focused on the Chicago dealings. So I don't, I'm going by what I want. I don't want to see that connection at all right now. Again, maybe season three, four, 20, but not right now. Uh, what was the other question? Uh, that was pretty much it. It was basically like what you thought of this new task force and, and also yeah. know, about about them I, sharing information and stuff. So. I, I, you can share information, but do that off screen. I don't want it on screen right now. Just like we had like surprise appearances at the very end. I don't want that cameo, but hey, I don't mind if there's a text message that says Blanca NYPD or whomever NYPD. That's cool. That's fine. I'm with it. Um, we do know, for example, Obviously, it's going to take some time because everybody is on strike when it comes to, and I hate to bring this up my own self, the ghost universe. Um, they are getting, you know, there will be an introduction of new police officers and, and new task force that's dealing with them. So maybe that situation could be more connected. But again, season 2018-9. I don't want it right now. Um, also, one thing I really wanted to say quickly um, I agree with Richard in terms of, I don't want to learn about your personal life. I don't want to know who you're sleeping with. I don't care about you, you police. I don't want to know who you are in terms of outside of the job. I don't care. And I think that that has been the trap for a lot of these universes, the power universe in general, is we're going home with characters we don't need to go home with. And I'm fine with just knowing you as Officer Brown. I don't want to know you as, you know, Anne Shirley McLean Brown. So I think in order for us to treat them as, as cops, we have to, you know, in their task and their dealing, we have to separate them from personal. And I just want to see you as, as you being a person in that uniform, you in that office. Uh, yes, Richard. I agree 100%, but for Gary, I will say there's one exception that he would say, Angela Valdez, yes, I do want to go home and see her personal life. 
So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 100% correct on that one. But, um, <laughs> um, like, my thoughts on that is, um, no, I, I completely understand what you're saying. Like, there, there's certain characters, like, in certain shows where you, you don't need to go home with the character and see their personal life and what they're going through and all that stuff. Um, I think it does depend on the show. Um, but I will say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not opposed to seeing it as long as they um, do it in a meaningful way where it connects to the main story, like, of the show. So, like, don't, don't just show us these people sleeping with each other and, and like, it means nothing to the, to the show, you know, like, tie it into the, the story somehow and make us interested in it, you know. If you can't do that, then just leave it alone, you know. So, so yeah, I, I completely understand what you're saying with that. Um, and you know, in in the power universe, like it's kind of played out as well. Seeing their personal lives and seeing who they're sleeping with, like, it's like you know, this show loves to to have to insert these random sex scenes. Um, and yeah, I, I don't need to to see that with these detectives, you know. So if you're not going to tie it to the story, then just don't do it. So I, I agree, but let me ask you a question, Gary. So do you think that the the Gennard sex scene was necessary? Because I was like, I don't I don't really care. Why should I care about this character? This this guy, he's a bad guy now, right? Gennard, he's a bad guy. So yeah. why do I have to care about him 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 getting some? I, I don't understand that. Yeah, that 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 was <laughs> random. Like I I do I am curious about the character um, Shanti. She seems like a cool character, you know, boxer and everything. Um, you know, I didn't care for the sex scene at all, but I am interested to see where they take that, you know, whole dynamic of um, Janard having a love interest. Like, you know, I want to see how that plays out because she does seem like a cool character, you know, so. Yeah. We'll see. I, I love how prim and proper Richard is and, and like, he knows he, he loves those things very much so. Um, <laughs> But I don't have a problem with her because here's the thing, Jannard being on his own right now, he needs some kind of guidance. And I view her as that being that guiding force at the moment. And 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 if she, you know, they have a connection, they have that connection. But that, that scene didn't really bother me. I think there was multiple scenes. Um, it didn't really bother me. It just it just shows how he needs a connection. Both of his parts need a connection. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's it's power, so we're gonna get those sex scenes no matter what. So I mean, it's whatever. Like at this point, I just kind of like blank them out a little bit. It's like okay, another sex scene. You know, it's like that. It's like it's as normal as breathing in power. You know, seeing sex scenes. So it is what it is. But um. Let's get some final thoughts now, you know, um, and then we'll head out. So, uh, Richard, any final thoughts on, um, you know, this episode of Force and what your expectations are now after seeing it? Well, I thought it was a good start to the season. Uh, to go to what Dana's point, it, in my opinion, it, this felt like a power show. A lot more of the street stuff happening and all the other violence and stuff. So I I, I kind of feel like we got some of that in season one. But again, 
It wasn't really focused on Tommy. This feels more focused on Tommy right now. So, so far, I would say I'm, I'm very intrigued to see where the show goes from here. It definitely is better than the finale that we saw season one. So uh, hopefully it only gets better. But uh, stay tuned for that. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. You know, um, I'll I'll just give my thoughts. So, yeah, like like Rich said, this this, I mean, you know, Dana said it too. This does feel very Tommy focused now. Like it feels like the narrative is really centered around him, whereas you know, last season it was going all over the place. Like like last season, it, it felt like the Flynns were really like the main characters. Like, um, but. Based on what we saw in this season, you know, it seems like Tommy is the focus, with, and that's how it should be. You know, um, Joseph Sakura is a great talent, so you know you have to use him correctly um, for it to pay off, and it seems like they are committed to doing that. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 sold. Um, I really want to see where they take this. I'm happy with the direction. I see that they are making a big change compared to how it was in the first season. So. Yeah, um, I'm excited. Like, you know, the, this wasn't the, the greatest episode ever, but like, it was it was good enough. It, it was exactly what it needed to be to get me reinvested in Force. Um, so they did a good job with that. So um, that's my take on it. Um, Dana, what's your final thoughts? No, it's kind of reiterate what everybody said. It felt like a reboot of the character in the show that we should have kind of gotten in the first season. Um, we are, you know, Tommy seems to be Tommy again. We saw how he took out Chewie and that reminded me of the kind of cold bloodedness that he has previously that he kept at bay in season one. So I really like that. He's being a little bit out of control in terms of, you know, wanting to avenge Liliana. He's very determined and very focused. And we've seen before when he becomes very focused and determined on something, how he is not going to let that go. Um, it was really interesting. The one scene I did want to bring up was the fact that it started in the very beginning when he had, I don't know, the, the kill shot on, what was it? I believe it was Vic, but he didn't take it. And it was outside where he could be seen in the public. That is the Tommy that we all know. He really doesn't care about location. So that was a really good thing that I, I appreciated that they showed with that. Uh, and just overall, I like the dynamics of Everything is falling apart right now, and I that creates more tension and more drama. And we've seen from the trailer, there's going to be a lot of shootouts, a lot of things that are going to happen. And we already know from this episode, you know, people owe a lot of money. There's a lot of debt. Not everybody has that money. We're kind of struggling. We're broke over here. So I like that, you know, the repercussions of the, of the season one is coming back to haunt them in season two. And so that makes for a really interesting and enticing show. Uh, please keep it Tommy focused. I do not want to see anyone from Ghost in here. And then also another thing, just in terms of the general term, please stop saying ghost so much because literally you can have like a party with how many shots. They keep saying the term ghost. He's standing in the corner like a ghost. Oh, I'm not a ghost. You know what I mean? I just, I don't need to see that so much. But overall, it was a really great episode. They're trying to tell you something, man. That's why they're, they're trying to set up Omari's return. That's why. That's why they keep doing that. 
But, um, but yeah, that is going to be it for this episode of Powercast. Um, it is good to be back, you know, can't wait to, to see what the community, the people are saying um, about this. So, yeah, I'm going to have fun reading the comments. Um, we will be back next week to cover episode two. So, yeah, until then, we'll, you know, we'll see, we'll see you soon. Take care, everybody. Have a good week.